2: The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts,
0: Chris Schmitz. Y'all do not even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now,
2: roll tide. And Mark Cranek. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me.
1: Welcome to it, weekend editions here. It's Hail Varsity live in East Lansing. The stadium is lit up. It is a glorious side college football in November, dot, 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 with meaning. Welcome to it, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, as we welcome you into the weekend edition of Hail Varsity. We'll uh, take some of your comments and get rolling here as Nebraska tries to make it for in a row as uh michigan state it is senior day Is uh, was getting parked in uh, one of the lots over by the breslin center uh you had a early early student morning pep rally there were early tailgaters getting set up uh everyone's super friendly they they always like to say uh go green rick has chimed in and is noting our punctuality holy crap, you are on time, Uh, can always listen to the show. First hour is uh, live here on KFOR, KFORnow.com. We're streaming all of the show and different ways to catch the show. Here with Hale Varsity Weekend Edition, Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hail Varsity Radio, Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Give that a follow. Find Elijah on Twitter at Herbal Essence. Find Connor on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27. And uh, my Twitter, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio. Mark Kranak will join us. Shortly, eventually, Brennan checks in from the Black Hills and he is in a tree stand. God love him. He is streaming us while he's trying to whack Bambi. I like it. Guys, how we feeling uh, about this morning? Elijah, you said something really cool last uh, Saturday as we signed off with the Real Red Reaction. That will also follow us here on KFOR right after uh, nebraska michigan state probably around 230 or so so we'll be ready to go that way but you uh said it with a smile you said football is fun again uh and this season has been fun uh, especially the win streak post michigan we welcome in mark Kranak. cranak uh let's kind of get your straw poll real quick, scale of one to 10. How fun has this football season been for you? You've been a long time fan. We've traveled to Ireland. You've been to Blacksburg. You've been to Oregon. Uh, I would recommend to Nebraska fans getting to East Lansing, not only because of the uh, crossover with the Devaney, uh, influence, of course, with the, both programs, but it's just a cool spot. We've had a good time. Elijah, we've had a good time here in East Lansing. Good folks. Uh, good Yeah,
3: I, I, was, I was just a little bit scared just now in the hotel lobby. There's some characters in there, but I'm safe up here in the hotel room, and I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. It's, uh, it's a beautiful, the governor little, okay? beautiful little college town. The governor? Is the governor okay? Lansing's
2: where that went down, right? Weren't they trying? Didn't they storm the Capitol? Didn't they storm the Oh yeah! Didn't they storm yeah. like, the building? Yeah, and then the governor was in trouble for a while. The a, FBI a had to break that up. A, a
1: threat about kidnapping. This is news right. to me. Right? This is But it's not it that long ago.
2: I i love the fact that I love the fact that that you both were just like, wait, I what what happened? Because Crayneck Crayneck Audible and went politics. Well, yeah. it was a little more politics, right? Like. Militias are pretty alive and well up there. Can you tell? Do you see those? <laughs> Seriously,
1: like, no, I could not. Like, no, no. Lincoln, there, Lincoln, there's there's a lot of jaw beards and flannel, but you know, I don't know if there's what, a gun rack in the vehicle or not.
2: So, in most places, the jaw beards and flannels—that's just hipster. There, it's militia, and they want to take—they want to take on uh, the. I think you're painting with
1: a
3: broad brush here.
2: I yes, might be. too,
3: too I broad might be. a brush.
1: We're going to also what asked, they want you to think. And we're going to be count. asked to leave. They're going to be asked to leave. I want to go I, back I into the, I haven't seen a single militia. I'll just throw no. that out there. No, I, camo, I no one
3: marching in lockstep. None of that. Okay. Good to know. If you want
2: oh. to
1: join one though, rage against the machine. You're in the right spot. <laughs> uh, you know? uh, great act football. Let's go there for a minute yeah, before we get back to into, to, uh, to militias. The, um, uh, the, uh, the fun part of football and, and this has been dare I say fun to watch this Nebraska team continue to grow. The defense has been phenomenal. the special teams unit's been pretty good and continues to get better and I think all four of us are waiting on the offense to, to take a consistent step and they've had they've had their moments. they've also shown signs of improvement. they have gotten better. Uh, can they kind of have a breakout today against a team? Man, they are they are leaning against the ropes in Michigan State.
2: You asked about how fun it is. God, you'd have to. I don't know. No, no. During the games, it feels the same kind of right where you're just like <laughs> a little yeah. bit where you're just like ah, come on, ah. right? I think that's just the the plight of being a Husker fan or aficionado at least where you're just like, what are you guys? Come on, what God? Why you fumbled again? Right. So that feels the same as it's felt for the for the last while. Um, but it's the time in between that feels a lot better. <laughs> you know,
1: scale of one to ten, you'd have to put it up at a good ah, eight and a half. Sunday Sunday to Saturday, you're smiling cause you gotta win.
2: Yeah, well, because this is the time of year when you lament everything, right? This mm-hmm. is the time of year normally where you're just like well, this season's over. It's crap. again, no bowl game again, right? How's that recruiting class looking? Oh, my God, they finally landed the future. They landed the quarterback.
3: Like no, no. What, the what the time of year is, Mark? It's the time of year whenever you're sitting at three wins, there's three games left, and you're trying to do the mental math. Well, you can beat Ohio State plus Wisconsin <laughs> plus Iowa to get bowl <laughs> eligible. It's it's there's possible, huh? A path. That's what time there's of year we it's but it's not that today. What it is today is wow, you have Michigan State ahead of you, who's at two and six. I think they're better than their record indicate, as we've kind of talked about all week long but they still are what they are. And what they are is a two-win football team right now. You might have more talent than that, but simply put, you've lost six games and you've lost to some not good teams. That's the opportunity Nebraska has in front of them. You are a better team based on what you have shown over the past four weeks than what a lot of the Michigan State losses have been. And it's your opportunity to go get bowl eligible. It's not, oh, you have to go steal one against Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. It's Michigan State. you. It's on the road, yes, and there's never any easy games in the Big Ten. We've talked about it a lot on this show since Nebraska's joined the Big Ten, the Big Ten is an any given Saturday type league. Anything can happen on any, any given Saturday, but the opportunity ahead of Nebraska today is one that we haven't seen in years, and that's why there's excitement around this game, and that's why Schmidt and I are in East Lansing, because Nebraska can get to bowl eligible today against an opponent that is very, very beatable. Yeah, they,
2: well, the whole Big Ten West is, right? And so you temper all of this by that, too. Like, I don't know if there's ever been a more more abound collective collection of offenses in one division in the history of football it's crazy it is absolutely nuts how similar all offenses are in that they just don't move the ball or score none of them like on any of them it's so ridiculous so you temper it with that but when you look at the defense though I mean come on now those dudes are and you you just notice it right away like those dudes are hornets right they just they oh man Right. And, 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 you know, they're probably missing a few elite pieces in order to be like a super elite defense, but damn, you know, you, f- you feel it when you play them, right? Like it's not just one guy hitting you. It's like six and it's the whole damn game. Um, so that part's impressive as hell. And being able to do this with an offense that, I mean, we've talked about it so many times, but you know, you're down eight of your starters. Come on now. A lot of these guys would not even be seeing the field last You're doing it with a lot of Nebraska guys too, right? Think about the different connections last couple weeks, right? Harburg to Coleman, Harburg to Lloyd, all Nebraska dudes, um, that are, that are stepping it up. And it's so, yeah, there's a little bit of an old home feeling. I think we thought and hoped that Bo totally got it all the way through and he got a lot of it. He really did get a lot of it. Um, but he didn't get some things right. Um, you hoped Riley would and realized after a couple weeks, no, nah, he, he's not going to. Uh, Frost, you're like, oh, he's one of them. He's, he gets it. He understands. Rule has fully embraced what Nebraska is and what Nebraska is about and how you win here. He's fully embraced it, and he's taken advantage of it, and he's molded his team to it. And, that, yes, that that part is beautiful. There's no square peg round hole going on. like that. You, you never get that sense, right? Every, every time Harburg drops back, you're like, okay, you have to sometimes, I guess, right, just to keep him honest. But he's not making his living off of it.
1: To keep with the militia theme, Kranak, uh, Matt Rules got out his whittling knife and, and made uh, whatever's happening on offense really fit the personnel they have. Mm-hmm. And that has been uh, appreciated and different. Well, to your point, yeah, sometimes you just got to throw the football in. In today's college football, you can't go Barry Switzer mid 80s tribute and not attempt to pass. Uh, Nebraska's or can you? No, Lord, can uh, you? I, I thought you saw some good things in the passing game last week, uh, yeah. with, with what Satterfield had called getting fleeks on that crosser, and then he's been pretty good at calling deep shots. The difference is you've had Connections the last two weeks. Connor. I want to get your take here on uh, the the start of this ball game and um, Nebraska's start against Illinois is something they were able to really feed off of and energized them. Uh, their start against Northwestern, their start last week against Purdue, forgettable. Uh, maybe you're on the road. Maybe there's a little more focus today to uh, to start the right way if you're Nebraska and and get a lead and get a three and out.
0: Well, I would be shocked if this team didn't wake up ready to play today because you know what's on the line. We talked about it yesterday on the show. Seniors who have been on this team for three, four, five years, they've never played a game with stakes like this, and they've never had that chance to have an opportunity to go to the postseason, and today they can capture that with a win. And now what you need to do, and (laughs) this is kind of stupid, but you need to win the coin toss and get your defense out on the field first. Because you've been giving up the ball immediately the last two weeks of the season. Now your defensive unit has been able to bail you out of that, of course. But I think you need, and you mentioned it, the start of the Illinois game, yeah, you let the Illini go down the field, but then you don't break. You don't even bend, really, inside the in-goal situation. And then you get your offense back out on the field, and they put together a pretty solid drive. You get points right away. So I think you need to get your defensive unit out there first. You need to you know, have them really set the – the tone physically and honestly mentally too, because you kind of saw it against Purdue. The, the more and more that game went on, you could kind of feel the more and more frustrated that offensive unit for the Boilermakers was because even going back and, and rewatching some of the game, there are red jerseys everywhere. It felt like they were playing 11 on 22 out there at some points. I mean, there are just red jerseys flying everywhere on that defensive unit. So I think it's going to be on them to set the tone of this game. I know Rule doesn't really like to talk about starting fast, but in a game where you have stakes like this and you're on the road and it's senior day, there's going to be some emotion in the air in East Lansing. I think it's, it's, it's pretty necessary that, you know, you set the tone. You you let them know from the get-go, and if you do that, I like Nebraska's chances here today. I like Nebraska's chances here today regardless. I know Elijah said that Michigan State is probably a better team than the record indicates. They've had some wacky close losses earlier in the year, or have you heard that before? Uh, but I think this Nebraska team is is good enough to win this game today, and the fact that they know that they're playing for something beyond a regular season for the first time in seven years, I think that's going to add another added layer to this whole thing.
1: I, I wonder a little bit, too, about some of these seniors for Michigan State and just where their head's at, not just because of the season, not just because of Mel Tucker, not just because of, all right, you led at Iowa, didn't finish. You were blowing out a pretty decent Rutgers team. Yeah, I said it. And what was the result? They didn't, They didn't finish that one either. But this senior group, go back to 2021, some of the kids that were recruited, some of the kids that played roles on that 2021 squad that went 11-2, and two, by the way, went to a New Year's Day 6, was an eyelash away, beat Michigan uh, from from a Big Ten championship or a Big Ten championship game appearance. This is how it's ended. What's their morale like? Not just for the season, but just as they look back on their career. What's the level of, of care and intensity right now? Do you go through the motions, or do you want to go out uh, one final time here at Spartan Stadium uh, with, with a victory. Yeah, they won it, but how much do you want to work for it? Are you willing to put up with Nebraska for four quarters to get it? And I, I, I really want to kind of look at Michigan State's leaders here uh, as, uh, at a macro level with just, all right, where, where's their head at? One thing that could spark them, though, is uh, the freshman Levitt, the quarterback, super cocky, super confident, uh, good arm, uh, really good legs. He's somebody that Nebraska's defense going to have to mess with today and and really do a good job. I think uh, Hudson Card, while flawed last week, was a nice warm-up act, fellas, for this Nebraska defense. Uh, yeah, the freshman probably prone to some mistakes, but uh, he also doesn't care. A little Johnny football in him with – uh, with just uh, th- th- that backyard element to create, so that'll be also important. Not only Nebraska's start, but what do they do with this Levitt kid that is coming in, uh, trying to be a Doc Holiday?
2: Hmm. They, maybe another encouraging sign last week too was just Nebraska pulling away a little bit, right? Like that, the game really didn't feel much in question. Whereas I think most of the games to date kind of have up until you know mid third, early fourth at mm-hmm. least, if not later. Um, but that one didn't feel much in question. Uh, and so I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what Nebraska found there. And if you look at kind of the turnover numbers, it doesn't entirely make sense from that standpoint either. Um, it's probably because you've, you finally evened it up defensively with your own turnovers. Um, but, I, you know, Michigan State is still, I, I would say out of the teams in the West, or not they're, they're not in the West, but out of the teams that left on Nebraska's schedule, Talent-wise, on offense, not so bad, right? They, I mean, not ridiculous. Good tight end, good running back, decent quarterback. Crappy line. They don't have much, much in the way of receivers, um, but you got some skill there, right? There, there were there weren't many guys that Nebraska faced against Purdue that, that really scared you, outside of Maccabee just because of what he'd done before. Um, but Nebraska made quick work of him, so. I don't know that I, I don't feel great about today. I don't think you can with this team there. There's no, there's nothing that you can, if we've learned anything over the last 20 some years, we've learned you can't, <laughs> you can't
1: count. You can't chalk up anything. Really? Like, you just can't, uh, and going on you, the road, you've, you've learned to hold on t- tight. The la- hold on tight and and pray for good, the last twenty years. You have <laughs> right. You, those, you those, can't, those, can't, those supposed to win games, right? You can't chalk it up. I think we know
2: that much. But Michigan State, that's not. It's not. It's unlikely to be some sort of buzzsaw environment, right? Like I, I don't know how this team does going into a. This is going to be the second time I said the word hornets this morning. I don't know why. Uh, the second time, it, 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 I don't know about this team going into a hornet's nest on a night game, right? I don't know if they're ready for all that yet, right? Are they? I I don't know. Like, could you see them going into Happy Valley or going into Madison in October? Not with, not 7 with this well, at
1: night. But but they're gonna have they're gonna have to be ready to go into Madison, and I think two thirds of this football team are defense and special teams. That's yeah. why it's kind of important for the offense to start clicking for four quarters versus a few plays. And they get a chance to do that today. Yeah. yeah. Dion's almost ready for Whiskey Sours. We've been uh, showing some of the comments. You're welcome to chime in on the Stream Hail City YouTube channels where you can watch the show as you hear us this first hour on KFOR, KFORNow.com. And Cornhead Lager, of course, Power and Hail Varsity. And our friends want to say thanks again to Sauter Heyman and Lazares for helping power this road show this morning. Uh, as uh, we are in East Lansing, I'm uh, in Spartan Stadium. Elijah is not in a hostage situation. He is actually uh, just down the road in um, in not East Lansing, but Lansing. And uh, Elijah, what would you spend on on seats today?
3: I am roughly twenty-five rows directly behind the Michigan State bench and I spent twenty dollars on oh. my on my tickets, which should be Stable. noted. These tickets were originally one hundred dollars. I went and checked oh the Michigan Ooh. State website. And there's still like actual like seats available you can go buy from Michigan State. I bought mine resale, obviously, that are available for a hundred dollars. I got mine for twenty. So I am counting that as a win, and I think that kind of shows what the, the mood around here is for this Michigan State-Nebraska game. You go, look, you want some nosebleeds, you want some seats that aren't the best, you can pay less than $5, and then you obviously have to pay fees on top of that. But it's not a pricey ticket by any means. There's not much juice here uh, from at least the Michigan State fans for this game, and maybe Schmitty's got a better idea seeing the tailgating from outside. But there was, at least from the, the ticketing services, Schmitty's down at the stadium, I am not, so I don't get to see the pregame environment just yet. But from the ticketing services, it looked like people wanted to off- or offload these tickets as quickly as possible. They want
0: to get to oh, the is-zone as fast as possible. That's what they want to do.
1: Well, I'm I'm looking at – yes, they are ready for basketball here. I'm looking at, at the lot to the south where the student pep rally was, and it wasn't a large contingent of students, a few that were vocal. And right now, uh, the tailgate lot, and this is kind of comparable to that lot – in the north end zone that big lot kind of by the practice facility at nebraska where folks can set up and tailgate i'm counting on one hand the number of of tents up uh i i see five i see five uh and and that's it and it's it's 8 30 (laughs) here i see five folks i don't see any smoke i don't see any barbecue I, uh, and it's not bad weather. I mean, it's it's 50s. There's not any rain. It spit last night, but the backdrop's pretty cool to the east with uh, all the colors and the trees. But, yeah, it didn't, it didn't rowdy yet. I don't know that it gets super rowdy today.
2: Listen, Elijah has a big opportunity in front of him today. So you're in the stands, right? Well, for a little Start bit. Record, re- like just, just go towards like wherever they're giving signs and just like start recording it right just see if you get outed at some point oh, no. See if people are like start, seriously just like further this whole thing oh. even though you're not doing anything nefarious make it look like you are you could make the news you could
1: make the news for that and then that'd be great he, promotion for this show he right? could get a he could get a split lip and a black eye too and we that don't is. need yeah. <laughs> we don't need that <laughs>
3: My my plan to avoid any problems is, as opposed to recording the sidelines, I'm just going to record the Michigan State Jumbotron and do a a dictator counter. How many dictators make it up on the Michigan State Jumbotron? No. Right. Too soon.
0: Too soon.
2: (laughs) And for those folks that don't know, somehow they thought it would be a good idea in Lansing. East Lansing, sorry. They thought it would be a really good idea to somehow have a trivia question involving Hitler. And so literally Hitler's image is projected on the big board inside of a college football. That was
0: on the how front page of no-context college football. That's where that it, was. It, it, at least
1: it was pregame. Uh, not that it's okay, but at least it was pregame and there were eight people in the stands. And what they did is, they, and I'm not excusing this either, okay, but wh- I'm explaining the, the how, right, and the why. You can subscribe to a trivia channel that you patch oh. into the video board. And right. the video channel uh, and trivia channel apparently uh, was in the mood for where was Adolf born? And <laughs> here's the image. But somebody had to press send to put that question and image on the board. Oh, my God. Oh and
3: my and God. from my experience with Husker Vision, what an oversight. <laughs> because I remember yeah, right? uh, Husker Vision, <laughs> we would show up. Five and a half hours before kickoff. Every single game. And we'd just sit there. We'd get the cameras all set up. We'd make sure everything was good. And then we'd have time to kill. So what we'd do is we'd all go walk down into the training table. We'd sit down at the training table. And from four hours before kickoff until about... Sorry, four and a half hours till kickoff until about three and a half hours before kickoff. We would run through the script. Everything that was going to be on the big screen throughout the entire game, we would run through. Four hours before kickoff. I would know exactly what I needed to have shot. In the second quarter intermission, the first commercial break, I would know what I had to have a shot. But they'd run through everything, and I am trying to figure out how nobody at that meeting put their hand up and went, "Yeah, these trivia questions today." I'm, mm, I, I think there could be something it. off with it. Yeah, you, you, and you guys are questioning me
2: about the militias. They've infected <laughs> Vision or whatever it is too. They're like, "Yeah, you get some good points," you know? Like, no, oh, old old aide, he, you know, he's.
1: He My did goodness. not. No, well, that's
2: what they're saying.
1: I don't think he did. No, no absolutely. <laughs> In fact, I know he didn't. I'm just I'm trying to avoid angry phone calls and emails. Fans, bring your,
2: bring your ticket <laughs> stub for a free Pepsi.
1: Now, let's look at the <laughs> history of Adolf
2: Hitler. Like, what?
1: Why did you? Let's go back to football uh, and uh, get there. Uh, weekend edition, it's Hale Varsity here in East Lansing. Half of the show anyway. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel is uh, here at Spartan Stadium. Mark Cranach and Connor Clark will dive into some more thoughts on Nebraska, Michigan State. Uh, the explosive play has been a very real thing for the Nebraska offense. Uh, what's the number today? A quick timeout. We'll roll forward with the weekend edition, Hour 1 here on KFOR, KFORnow.com. Hour 2, just to give you a heads up, will be digital only and can watch the show uh, on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio, Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio, and KFOR Facebook, KFOR Twitter. And uh, Real Red Reaction follows myself and elijah here from spartan stadium take your calls and your thoughts here on kfor with real red reaction bill hooks is it connor or will wilson i don't have what's what's the will will connor's like leave me the hell out of it you got me up here in the next
0: two weeks you get to deal with me
1: that'll be all right so quick time out we'll keep moving forward And uh, continue to get some of your comments in the stream. Jump in there. Give us your thoughts. Give us your score prediction if you didn't on Friday. It's Hail Varsity Weekend. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. And a big shout out and thanks to our friends at Sauter Heyman and Lazaris for helping power this row show to to East Lansing. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. City. As Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, and Connor Clark were streaming, we're live here on KFOR, KFORnow.com. Walter from just outside Philadelphia chimes in, do they sell booze at Spartan Stadium? Uh, despite popular uh, assumption, I have not checked on alcohol at uh, 8.30 or even 7 a.m. yet this morning. So I don't know, Walter, but thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. We're looking at Nebraska, Michigan State. Big red favored by three. Will it be that close, or is this one where Nebraska, because of some steps on offense, the consistency on defense and special teams can, I don't know, control from start to finish? Cranach, we saw something last week that was – a thing of beauty to a lot of Nebraska fans, and that was not only the explosive play to Lloyd on an option pass, everyone's favorite play, but also a 13-play a 87-yard drive that took up almost nine minutes of clock for that second touchdown. And that was a response to almost another turnover. This turnover would have been on special teams. But Quentin Newsom was Johnny on the spot. Uh, recovered it, and then Nebraska responded on offense. It's a, it's a heck of a good thing uh, for Nebraska fans when you get your explosive plays, your play action that are house calls, but then you you sprinkle in that that vintage long New York Giant Super Bowl drive once a game that takes a you know takes takes up uh, two thirds of a quarter, and uh, that's both will be needed today. Nebraska will need. One drive that'll cover at least six minutes or five minutes uh, and then multiple plays to get points out of it. Nebraska also going to need the explosives.
2: You know, it's uh, it has been good, especially the fact that those two big explosive plays last couple weeks are essentially the same play and that they both had the same effect. And what you notice is receivers open with nobody within, what, eight yards of them? I mean, Mm-mm. wide, wide open. I think they can afford to even take a few more of those because I think you're going to have, I think you have dudes that open more often. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's just once, right? I think you can I think you can go to that well a couple times a game. It's whether or not Harburg can deliver. It's whether or not you can protect. Um, but I think it's more than it can be more than just a one shot a game type deal, which is kind of how it's been, and and really that's about all Nebraska has been able to do for big plays. Is that kind of play, right? And Michigan State defensively, this is probably going to be at least statistically, it's it's the worst defense Nebraska is going to play outside of the power outside of the group of fives, right? They, they allow about twenty eight a game. Yeah, they. I mean, so they're not super disciplined, and especially against an option offense, that's a requirement. You have to be right. So if you're able to able to draw those guys up, you might you might have a chance to do a, a couple more shots than than just the one um, per game which you know have been you've been connecting well there but you're right The and, and how about that too by the way with three of your top linemen out is when you're able to generate that 13 play drive right like what that, does that, that say to and, and it's not necessarily I'm not trying to denigrate the guys that have been out m- more than just kind of looking at hey you know what's behind them is actually okay, right? I mean, ha- Harburg, outside of him not seeing things and getting just absolutely planted by number four, whoever that cat was, whoo, uh, that was, oh God, he got stuck. Oh, man, that was yeah, He was balling us. Uh, right. But, I mean, it, within the scheme of the actual offense, his protection was was pretty good. Uh, and and Scott. Actually, did did pretty well because those are a couple of things. Like Scott's been pretty good all year, but Litovski, that's that's been his. You know, it's why he hasn't been starting really because he mm-hmm. just hasn't been good in pass protection. But he did a, a fairly good job too. So, you know, if you can count on some decent protection, you're going against a defense that isn't, you know, isn't like the rest of the defenses in the in the Big Ten. Uh, he and you got the receivers that are have track speed. I don't know. It kind of bodes well. What's, what's, what's the wind like? Is that, is that a thing today?
1: The what? The wind is that a thing today? Right no. now, looking at the wind, and it, it's non-existent. It's there's no movement at all. Looking at Old Glory right now, it's standing still. Well, the question yeah. is gonna...
0: for me today, and to kind of back up on what Mark had to say about the long drive. How do you turn one of those into two? Right. I mean, how do you have multiple of those in one game now? We've seen the offense be able to do one of those every couple of weeks, and last week was a prime example because the drive went nearly nine minutes. So how do you say turn, you know, one nine-minute drive, and then how do you create a seven-minute drive later in the game, right? How do you take that next step as an offensive unit? And again, it doesn't have to be flashy. I know we saw the long drive, and then we saw a drive that was one play, 73 yards, right? It doesn't have to be that. But how can you duplicate... A longer drive that ends up in points. Easier said than done, obviously, especially with this offensive group. But that's, that's the question moving forward. Because uh, we talked about it yesterday, Schmitty. I mean, this defense is probably going to give up like 10, 17 points maybe on a bad day. Because that's what they prove that they can do. Your offense is capable of scoring more than the opposition. We've seen that already. So how do you take that next step forward with those longer drives, eat up that clock, because that's the type of team you are, that's how you're going to find success. That's my question, not only for today, but moving forward throughout the rest of the regular
3: season. Well, Stephen chimes in here on the stream with a great point on just how Nebraska does that. Don't fumble and win first down.
0: <laughs> I it, love Stephen.
3: Easier so good. said and done, but he's right. He hits the nail on the head. You know mm-hmm. what's a, a lot easier? And as he follows up and says, staying on schedule – it's a lot easier to go pick up that first down whenever you're playing from second and five or third and two than it is playing from second and ten or, or third and eight. If you can go win first down today on the back of your offensive line, as Mark kind of talked about, it opens up so much for you. That The best way to take the pressure off of your offensive line in pass blocking situations is have the threat of the run. If your def- defensive linemen have to play their run keys and you can't get all these elaborate blitzes from the front seven, that are, are trying to, to target Heiner Harbour, confuse that offensive line, you're not able to do those blitzes as much if you have to honor the run as a defense because you're going to open up a giant hole at some point in time and it's going to be Emmett Johnson scooting through for 50 yards if they're pulling off elaborate blitzes. And you know what? If you're running the ball successfully on first down you decide to drop back Heiner Carver on first down, the defensive line's going to be playing their run keys. They're going to be pinning their ears back trying to come after the quarterback. So the most effective thing Nebraska can do today if they want to move the football is to trust that offensive line, trust how they performed last week, get some movement on first down, positive yardage. If you can do that, you're going to set yourself up. In fine shape to be able to move the football because it takes a lot of pressure off the offensive line in that pass blocking side of things, which is where I am more concerned with this backup group that has to worry about communication, that has to worry about a hostile road environment. Because you're trying to communicate, we'll see how hostile the road environment actually is, but it's a lot of these guys. I mean, Justin Evans Jenkins uh, and a, a little bit Prohaska as well. And I guess you could even argue Latowski. They've done it in spot duty, but they haven't gone and played a full game on the road against big 10 foes where the, the the crowd is going to make things difficult on you. Jeremiah Searles told that to us earlier this week. He said, that's a factor you don't think about if Michigan state's in this football game and you're sitting at third and seven and you're trying to get your communication down pre-snap, you're trying to avoid the delay of game. Michigan state's allowed to bring in elaborate blips because they're not worried about the run on third and seven. Things become a lot more difficult for this offensive line. If it's third and two, you don't have to worry about that elaborate blitz as much. You're just going to hit your keys, understand Hunter Carber can get the ball out fast, take so much pressure off the defense, or excuse me, off the offensive line. And then the fumbles, we'll see. Matt Rule pointed the thumb instead of the finger this week. When talking about the fumbles, said they tried some new things at practice this week. We'll see if that can fix things. At this point, I think you're a zebra that can't lose its stripes. I think turnover issues are what kind of define this offense at this point in time, and I'm not sure you're ever going to get those cleaned up, at least in the year 2023. But how does the defense respond when this Husker offense fumbles, when Heiner Carver throws interceptions. I don't think it's a matter of if at this point. It's about limiting the damage. Can you turn five times the footballs on the ground last week into one or two this week? That might be a win. Does Heiner Carver not have to worry about throwing the ball into dangerous areas because your running attack is doing well enough that you don't have to put a whole bunch of pressure on him? It's really an element of running the football successfully and taking pressure off a lot of people on that offense. That is what's going to open up your offense to do a lot more things.
1: (sighs) I'll, I'll say this with Nebraska. They did a lot of of option on first down last week, and they did really well. I mean, Nebraska on, on first down, I think they averaged five or six yards. I mean, it was second and very manageable a lot of the ball game because of the option. The, the run game was pretty successful uh, for Nebraska. I mean, the, and, and Purdue's game plan was – to make Harburg pitch it, so he he ended up pitching it. But now the short passing game, I think, will be pretty key today too, because you know, um, until proven otherwise, you know, most defenses are going to load the box against an offensive line that is in week two together. Uh, it's still a redshirt freshman at running back. It's still a quarterback that is not pass first. So how's in that intermediate range when it comes to finding Fedoni for the easy five yards, or even the the little uh, sidearm heave to uh, to one of the wideouts. I don't worry about Nebraska's wide receivers blocking and doing their job, but can you can you use the short passing game uh, as as a weapon today and be accurate with that? I mean, he even saw a couple of short little I hate saying it swing passes here the last couple of weeks. <laughs> To a guy like Fleeks, and um, that has worked out well. I want to I mean, see Michigan more of him State. Today. One more time.
0: I want to see more of Fleeks today. I thought he had a nice week last week. He was incorporated yeah. well in those kind of shorter passing routes, as you said. I, he can be a dangerous guy out of this backfield, and he ran some pretty effective routes. So, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him getting involved a, a little bit more here this week as well. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, we brought a Prohaska
2: last week, and. Elijah rightfully saying, you know, he hasn't lived up to expectations and I, and you weren't saying it from the standpoint of he's a bust. It was more just saying, you know, the guy's been hurt. He just hasn't played a lot. And so, you know, we were expecting him to be uh, a lot more than that. Um, so, it's, I mean, it hasn't been his fault, right? But extended action, I just don't recall. Like, normally you notice linemen if they're blowing it or if they're screwing up. I just don't remember in that game being like, Prohaska, what the hell are you doing? How the hell did that – What? I don't remember doing that in that there, game. There was a
3: couple a couple negative run plays off that left side of the offensive line. I can't exactly remember off the top of my head if it's a Prohaska issue, if it was a Justin right. Evans-Jenkins issue. But that kind of speaks to what you're saying, Mark, that there's not any moments that stand out in my mind of being like, yeah. that guy blew. And you saw that offensive line get better and more comfortable as the game went on. How do they respond in front of a road environment? Well, we'll find out today. But those guys – they got their feet wet last week, if you will. Guys mm-hmm. like Justin Evans, Jenkins, and then you also have uh, Poroska getting back into the swing of things. There's an yeah. element to, to getting back into that game feel and getting things rolling. What can they do in week two? Is there going to be that element of we're fat and happy under Matt Rule? I, I I doubt that is going to be the case, and we'll see what kind of pregame speech Matt Rule has for the guys today. But – What we've seen under Matt Rule this year is guys get better game after game. There's not that complacency. You know what? We played well last week. We're going to take our foot off the gas here, and then there's the letdown spot next week, especially when you talk about the offensive line. I don't think that's going to be the case this week. I'm sure there's going to be little issues that come up. There's little issues in the first half last week that came up that I think Nebraska cleaned up towards the second half as the offensive line got more confident, got some things figured out, and we'll see what happens today. But this team under Matt Rule does not strike me as the team where – they're going to get complacent and they're going to say, we had a good week last week, taking our foot off the gas at practice. I think they're going to continue to ascend those backup offensive linemen because whenever you think about the fact that, I mean, Justin Evans Jenkins is a guy that has one start under his belt right now. Mm-hmm. He's going to continue getting better and better and ascending at a clip that is more than a guy who has gotten 35 Big Ten starts. His upward trajectory is just going to continue to grow.
2: You know, and there's some talk in the stream right now about the option, and, and I think we've heard a lot of it, too, is, like, how come Harburg never pitches it? And I bet you, if you look at the numbers, he's maybe pitched it, like, four times this year or I think all four <laughs> right.
0: came last week.
2: It, right. It's not a lot, right? Like, he really hasn't pitched it a lot. But I think what you're, watch- I think what you're watching there is that the, the, the option was just sort of a play in the playbook with this team, right? It, I mean, it's not like they... uh they're, they're not an option team. It's just, it's just a play that they run occasionally versus it being like an identity thing. But I think quickly they've started to realize, like, I uh, might have to kind of become more than just an option in the playbook. Like, it needs to be kind of the option. It needs to be the thing that we build every... I don't think this team, I don't think the offensive coordinator, head coach, quarterback, offensive line, I don't think anybody is sort of seasoned enough in it in the finer details, including pitching the ball and knowing when to—and when he has pitched, by the way—it's been so early. <laughs> like, yeah. have you noticed that too, you know, there's, there's like the the, the
0: it's a you know, predetermined the, decision in the huddle.
2: Oh god, it's you know the nearest defender is six yards away, and he's pitching it, and you're just like, okay, dude, you're not really <laughs> you're not really going with the spirit of that play right now. Um, I don't know that you're going to see a big improvement on that this year. It's just, but if it's something that you're going to base your offense around, they, they got to work on a lot of
1: defense. Well, stuff. and and it's it's a it's a short term answer right now for this offense because Harburg's physical, right. he's fast, he's athletic, so that's what you're going to lean on. Justin, yeah, they has weren't planning, they weren't planning on it being like no, they, a they, requirement for for success this year. They wanted they wanted the run game under center and to go. I formation and the the under center run game. The I formation hasn't worked as well. It may work uh, as the season goes on a little bit better, but their best runs have been out of the shotgun. Uh, And uh, when it comes to the option game, uh, keep giving me more pistol that look. But Justin chimes in in response to. Michael in the stream can, can check there the stream out just to, just to reset you. Hail varsity YouTube channel is where you can watch the show. You're listening on KFOR, KFOR now.com on the radio. You can also check us out the hail varsity radio, Twitter feed at H varsity radio. Give that a find Facebook and Twitter for KFOR. But Michael uh, is responded to by Justin. And the element here of, of Justin's take is listen, it's trust. It's timing. And, you, you know, Harvard wasn't the original starter and you don't have the original starting running back. You've got a guy that was fourth team uh, in uh, Emmett Johnson when when things all started off. But credit to both those guys and this coaching staff from a development standpoint where they got uh, these guys right. I'm, I'm anxious to well, see the how, offensive how line. That. And, and not only is it – sorry, Schmid, I don't mean to step on no, your no, Not, not no, only absolutely. is it the
3: fourth-string running back – he said quarterback. He meant to say running back. He came back and corrected it. But you have a guy that was essentially your fourth-string quarterback in the spring as well. I mean, Heinrich Carver is way down the depth chart. That's your starter yeah. now. Emmett Johnson, yeah. way down the depth chart. That's yeah. your starter now. Justin Evans Jenkins, way down the depth chart. And I guess it's less so on the offensive line, but that's your starter right now. That's what the offense is right now. I mean, Jalen Lloyd, Malachi Coleman, to start the year, way down the depth chart. That's what your offense is, and despite all that, the offense still goes and puts up 24 points last week. The defense, I guess the special teams, assist them with seven, but it's an offense that's ascending right now, and you just hope they don't take a a step back because the ascension of that offense and the development is exactly what Matt Rule's been preaching all year long. You've seen it. Can these guys continue to ascend? If they can, I feel really good about Nebraska's chances today.
0: Really quickly here, too, we got about 90 seconds before we switch over to digital only this reminds me a lot of what happened to basketball towards the end of the year last year. I mean, you're relying on guys that you didn't think you'd have to rely on, and then all of a sudden you find success. I mean, that's what's happening yeah. with the step chart right now. It's, it's pretty cool to watch, and you mentioned, Elijah. I mean, a bunch of these guys were afterthoughts in the spring. I mean, you had zero idea that they'd be seeing the field in the capacity that they are right now, and the fact that this offense is taking steps forward... Is pretty remarkable so I mean hats off to the coaching staff for that and hats off to the players too for keeping their head in it and really buying in to what this coaching staff is preaching because clearly it is paying off in between the lines
2: and it's not like these guys that that you're relying on now are you know a bunch of Rudy's or something right like these are these are talented guys they're just you just didn't think they'd be pressing action yet mm-hmm. right Malachi super talented Emmett Johnson how how close is he to just busting one off? That he is Nebraska's best home run threat at running back. Oh man, and it's been a while. It's been a while. He hasn't yet got to find his literal stride, but he is one of those guys, just mark my words. If he gets in the open field, it's over. He's, <laughs> He's due for one. He's yeah, due for you're, one. you're not catching him. You're not catching that guy. He's uh he can he can pull away. It's one of those rare backs that can do that.
1: Uh, chiming in was was Ben The SID for Michigan State Thanks to him Thanks to Scott Heyman and Lazarius for helping this Hour 2 digital next City Radio Saturday morning show Strap yourselves in Here are your hosts Chris Schmidt Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until
0: he's 28 And now Roll And Mark Cranek
2: Time has come for someone to put his foot down
1: back with you tower two it's hail varsity weekend we're powered by cornhead Logger. chris schmidt elijah herbal cotter clark mark cradak is in a fight right now and uh, he'll uh, he'll be back at it here shortly with Counter Read, CounterRead.com, Brandon Vogel joins us. Can always stream the show. Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Get your comment, Keep your comments coming in. Hail Varsity uh, Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio, KFOR Facebook and Twitter as well. Vogues, it is, well, bowl eligible Saturday, man. It's right on the doorstep for Nebraska. You've been to East Lansing many times, I do believe, and it looks uh, green and uh, glorious down there as there's a few folks milling around outside the uh the, the the turf right now and there's a few more tailgaters but bogues i don't see any smoke wafting there there's not any brats or burgers or ribs going right now it's it's a pretty subdued tailgate scene that, that matches this uh, this losing streak party's on
4: yeah, I had a feeling that that might be the case. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, uh, noon noon Eastern time, I guess, 11 a.m. Central time game when your team's on on a six-game six game bender uh, and you had to lose, lose, the, lose the head coach who, you know, was one of the ten highest-paid coaches in college football. You thought you were all set. Uh, makes it, yeah. And I don't know. It seems like the weather there is decent, but it's still November, and it's still Michigan. So yeah, it's these are not conducive conditions to to elite tailgating. So I'm not surprised to hear that it, maybe it's a little bit sparse around Spartan
1: Stadium. That's the best way ever to describe a a nosedive when you're on a losing streak is a Spender. bender. <laughs> I love that. Uh, It it is an absolute. So, if if Sparty's on a bender, uh, leaving Las Vegas style, uh, what kind of heater's Nebraska on?
4: I'd say Nebraska is like twenty-two days into seventy-five hard. Um, You know, it's really focusing focusing on itself. Um, It's it's not where it's not where it will be after day. You know, on day seventy-six, if it gets all the way through. Uh, but it's it's seeing some gains and it's really about kind of commitment to the to the the entire process. So that's where that's where I'd put Nebraska at five and three.
2: Brandon, you're, you're a well-studied guy. Uh, we started the show a little bit today. Connor and Connor and Elijah did not know about this, but, um, you know, talk to them about the, the, the governor, <laughs> the governor Whitmer, you know, kidnapping plot, the storming of the Capitol and in, in, in Lansing. And they, they were just oblivious to the whole fact. And I mean, you know, Brandon, there's a difference between neck beards hanging out in Benson at a at a you know like a gallery bar, like a like a uh, what do you call it, video game bar, and the neck beards that you're going to find in Michigan, right? And That difference being hipster versus militia member. These guys yet can't tell the difference.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we'll we'll try and get them up to speed. Michigan is always – so I've been there a couple of times, the East Lansing and Ann Arbor. It's always just struck me as kind of a strange place. Like neither time or any of the times I've been there have I had much chance to explore. Um, so maybe I shouldn't say anything. But, I'm, you know, you mentioned Governor Whitmer, like – These are the first three famous Michiganders I can name. Insane Clown Posse, Kid Mm -hmm. Rock, Ted Nugent. Um, I guess Eminem is is in there. You know, it's it it produces some strange culture. We'll put it that way, and I'm not sure what that means for the state as a whole.
0: I think it's funny because Mark's been dropping links to articles about said whole kidnapping plot just to try and inform inform us in the private (laughs) chat.
3: I I kind of forgot though that Kid Rock was from Michigan because I have seen at least 10 people just within our hotel that have a real Kid Rock vibe to them uh, if that makes sense and I'm not going to go any further I'm not going to dive any deeper I think everyone knows what I mean Kid Rock may be the perfect representation of the state as a whole
2: yeah yeah he's up
4: there He's up there for sure. He's he's, he's something. Um, if you, don't 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 stand around any 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 cases of Bud Light if if that's the case. I guess. Larger.
2: Oh, how, my favorite lyric ever. My name is Kid. Like, okay, we know, but like, really, you're gonna put that in a song? I don't know. Not a big fan. You guys, Kid Rock fans?
1: Uh, you know, no. Um, I think it's marvelous how you take samples of well known tracks and still print money and wear yeah. the uh huggy bear fur coat uh and still I mean, attract beautiful women. And to be honest, I mean the, the the guy grew up in a situation with uh with some wealth because I think his dad was pretty high up in the auto industry and he said I want to go do my thing and I, I guess I can applaud his persistence. Um I mean, his duet with Sheryl Crow was touching. I mean let's be honest you know that was yeah, I get that can get you sometimes. You know, that was good. That was good. Heartfelt. Crew has checked in. And Elijah, uh, you are going to see the Windy City later with crew. Uh, Ann Arbor been there multiple times. It gives me AM cult vibes. Yeah, oh, Ann, so Ann Arbor gotta, was different. I went there in 18. I got to ask the room this. Uh, I have been invited to go see the Michigan Purdue game tonight. So as soon as post game is done again real red reaction immediately following Nebraska Michigan State Vogues uh you've been to the college football setup so you, you two Cranak you've been to Ann Arbor should I go watch Purdue or do I Definitely. or do I hunker in for USC Washington and LSU right. Alabama because I'm flying out at 7 a.m I won't get home till like probably 2 a.m tonight if I go to Ann Arbor they kick off a seven or what? yes yeah it's a night game I, I, listen i it's it's kind of funny
2: what you hear about the big house people are like oh it's not that imposing because oh, i thought it'd be crazier with that many people it's a great stadium i love it it's i, I think you would absolutely it's i mean it's it's not imposing from the outside as you drive by you, you can't you have no sense of the monstrosity that's underground but once you walk in it's so it's a top-loading stadium it's it's cool, man. There's not much like it. And they do a pretty good job, I think, of uh, God bless Husker Vision and all they do, right? But they have kind of sold out a little bit to Pepsi and First National Bank and others. And you know, and so will we. 489-1240. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Your logo here. Uh, you know, like we'd be happy to do that. But it's 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 uh it's a little bit more of a pure experience. They have a big board, but they don't overdo it right it's it's mainly a crowd based kind of situation it's comfortable it's a good spot man a really good spot i would go if i was you yeah i mean well, right like if that's the option go or don't did, did go Connor, or did Connor stallion send you the ticket
1: no he did not uh he he did not but he, he could have did okay yeah <laughs> can,
4: can we can well, then then, then, then i think you're good to go as a journalist, I think it's your duty to go there. I need I need an Ann Arbor vibe check right now I, I'm fascinated in what things are like over that direction
2: and Hey, mm-hmm. hey can we go there real quick? Yeah, on the on the it. Michigan cheating scandal Have y'all dove into their statistical anomalies? Um, Okay, li- listen to this in all in so they've played eight games guess how many red zone opportunities they have allowed in eight games. So how many times the opponent has gotten inside the red zone? Without looking. Eight. Ballpark. Nine. Nine. That which leads the country by far, so not even close. Guess how many touchdowns they've given up in the red zone? I'm gonna go two. Zero. One. One. Hmm. One. So their their red zone scoring percentage is. 33 percent they've given up two field goals and one touchdown the entire season in the red zone and if you compare that to the rest of the it is not even damn close
3: i mean but on the flip getting side Mark, there and then actually converting once you're there come on now we could go cheating or we could go how many former five stars does michigan have starting on their defense i don't know off the top Look, of my head helps. you could do that obviously
2: but they're not the only one they're not the only ones. L- but listen to this. So, scoring percentage in the red zone, they're at 33%. Notre Dame is number 2 at 64%. Hello. And that's where that's where the top defenses are. They're somewhere between like 64 and 70. And here's mm. Michigan at 33. That's like, what? insane. Hey. Right. Like it's well, man, there and there are a handful of statistics like that
1: when you look at it. It's like, yeah, if you know what the other team's running, <laughs> you know, it makes it a better, little bit easier. And you have better players. Brandon Vogel with us from Counter Read, Counter Read.com. Vogues, wanna go into um let's piggyback off Michigan. I kind of want to get your reaction to what's swirling there and then bring it back to nebraska with just your your field today some keys as we love having you on on the weekend and during the week but your reaction is what if the michigan president meets with the commissioner of the big 10 and says thanks uh we're good i don't think you're going to see a suspension you've already you would have already seen a suspension uh, to Harbaugh and some key staff members, you're not—they're going to let this thing ride out, and they're going to keep uh, chugging towards a, a Big Ten championship and a title. What do you think of that? What do you think of this insinuation about private eyes and Timothy uh, Day, Ryan Day's brother, uh, illegally obtaining this info to get the word out to the NCAA? How do you how do you make all of this? What what does what are the, what do the little ones think? Are they pro or anti Harbaugh? <laughs> um, let's see
4: we can ask him oh no he's getting ejected um <clears throat> first of all this michigan story i <laughs>
3: um i'm not I truly very can't
4: happy get about it. getting if ejected were a either. Van, i think i would sell all my all of my belongings buy a van and just follow it on tour for the rest of my life um i hope it goes on <laughs> forever um especially with the potential ohio state angle like i don't really care when who where the investigation came from? Point is, is that the investigation seems to have found something, and I don't think there's a way that this, uh, from a ramification standpoint, I don't think there's a way it alters this season for Michigan. Now we'll see if somebody ends up beating the Wolverines on, on the field. But I think beyond this year, it feels like this is kind of the end of. The three-year Michigan run that we're in the middle of at the moment, uh, like Harbaugh's flirted with the NFL a bunch. Um, it seems like a good time to maybe do that again uh, once they get to the end of the year. So if if, if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm kind of looking at it like, hey, let's let's go get this national title mm-hmm. because we're right in the mix for that, um, and we'll deal with whatever happens to program and that title after after all of that because i think that's that's probably what's coming yeah. i mean i've read a bunch about this there's there's not a coach out, out there that will say like eh, you know not that big of a deal like the coaches are and the people who know best are feel this is pretty egregious so um well yeah Brandon, that's, the, that's the kind of where I think, I think michigan's at um
3: Sorry, sorry, Brian. I didn't mean really to step on your toes there. It's the people that know best are clearly Michigan fans, and Michigan fans. No, are, okay, they, this is a witch hunt. So, <laughs> yeah yeah
4: it's um it's 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 a lot a lot more fun to to watch uh these things unfold when your team isn't involved because then you get to just be like oh of course you you get to watch like the the bargaining and uh the the seven stages of grief all all of that of like ah you know not that not that big of a deal harbaugh couldn't have known like and I'm also just fascinated by this Connor Stall- Stallions guy. Like, if he writes a book, and he should be, uh, because he he no longer has a job, uh, and he'll probably get a good chunk of change from that. I will I will read that the the week it comes out because it, whether Harbaugh knew all of that, like this guy was really committed to to what we what has been alleged to have happened, uh, as at least as that's what it seems.
1: Vogues, let's get a thought on Nebraska, Michigan State today. Brandon Vogel, counterreadcounterread counter and interested to give me uh, get your thoughts and give me a, a couple of your keys here with a um, you know give me a thought on Nebraska's offense and defense and what's your what's your your read on on Sparty here from an, from a danger standpoint? How dangerous is this football team despite their bender? Cause we have the drunk friend that's happy, uh, and you you can put him to bed and then you have the drunk friend that ends up arrested.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, This uh, Michigan state, I think given the circumstances around this, this season might be, might be the, the person at the end of the bender who just is ready to go to sleep. Like that's kind of the vibe I get. Um, that said, I do think, I do think they're dangerous. Um, you know they've they've had leads against some some decent teams, uh, the Rutgers and Iowa, fairly recently, um, and just couldn't make it stick. They had a on a platter for them against Minnesota last week as the Gophers fumbled twice out of out of the gates and set them up inside the forty. They only get two field goals out of it. So it, it's one of those where I think a little bit of the detail work is, is missing for Michigan State, which isn't entirely unexpected, uh, you know, in an interim situation. Yeah. Offensively, um, they do a good job of, of – Michigan State defensively does a good job of limiting big plays. So I think that's an area we've seen those – in Nebraska of, of late – can they hit a couple of those? They, they kind of need to hit a couple of those because the offense isn't just consistently staying ahead of schedule enough. So I think that's a big one there. That said this, this Michigan state team, it doesn't strike Nebraska really in, in any of its kind of, potential weakness areas i think this is a game that nebraska can go out and play and it'll be to to its liking you know one of the keys i had in the preview this week was just the the time of possession michigan state hasn't been able to stay on the field nebraska wants to to really own that piece of it um so if that flips you know, if, if Michigan state has the ball for 10 minutes in the first quarter might be a, an early sign of like, eh, maybe, maybe this isn't going going quite as well or to Nebraska's liking, but I think they'll, they'll get the kind of game that they need and, and defensively, you know, I expect the Blackshirts to have another pretty big day against this offense.
3: It's Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale varsity weekend edition, getting y'all set for Nebraska and Michigan state. and <clears throat> Brandon, one of the things Mark was talking about whenever we talked about Michigan was their insane red zone defense so far this year. And Nebraska hasn't been on that level, but dating back to the Michigan game, maybe Nebraska took a little bit of their power because in 11 red zone trips since that game, Nebraska has yet to allow a touchdown. If you remember the touchdown against Purdue last week was just outside of the red zone following the turnover. So Nebraska was still able to keep that streak going. What does Nebraska's defense need to do against Michigan State? Is it going to be a case of keeping them out of the red zone? Is it a bend, don't break? I, I guess the question kind of gets back to what can Nebraska's offense do against Michigan State? Because it's been a a, a tale of, of Nebraska's offense getting better. They've been getting more comfortable. They put up 24 points last week by themselves, plus seven from the special team. So what does Nebraska's defense need to put up today in order to give the offense a chance to go put up enough points to win this football game. Is is it a a first to 14 type game first to 20? What do you you think the Husker defense needs to to show today?
4: Um, I mean, I don't think, you know, sort of similarly to when you flip the matchup around, like there's not a lot that Michigan state does. Like, I don't think Nebraska's defense needs to, to do something different than it, than it has been. And you mentioned kind of the, the, Red zone piece of it. They've also been, I think that their defining trait during this winning streak has just been how good they've been with those sudden change situations. So, um, if they can force, force some of those, those turnovers, um, which we know where Nebraska is at last nationally in terms of fumbles and total, total giveaways, Michigan state's not, but not far ahead in, in that this is a team that has turned the ball over a lot as well. Um, that becomes kind of a wild card in, in this game, I think, when you just have two teams that have been a little bit turnover prone. So it, it may be the defense's ability. I mean, they're on kind of a run right now where the past two games, right out of the gates, um, they've they've been put in really tough positions and they've they've won um, you know, in terms of giving up field goals sometimes or giving up nothing at all. Can they keep doing that? Is that one of those things where – it's such a streak that you worry about well, inevitably you know somebody's just gonna hit a touchdown against you. I think that becomes kind of the key piece for me when I think about Nebraska's defense in this one. Um, so yeah, I, I, other than that though, like it, it's just kind of like, hey, keep being good because um, they've been they've been really, really good to this point.
2: Uh, crew in the stream lets us know that Elijah will be the drunk friend that ends up arrested tonight. <laughs> um, so there's your future, Elijah. Uh, govern yourself accordingly. Uh, so as we talk about Nebraska's defense and in the red zone specifically, I I would love to see the numbers on this, but from recollection, it feels like not only do they make stops, but they they drive the team backwards, like regularly. Right, I I think that happened at Purdue uh, against Purdue a few times, where Mm -hmm. you're in the red zone, and then before you know it, it's third and like thirty or something because they're literally driving the team backwards. It it is an it is a really interesting trait, and I I just kind of wonder what's behind that. You know, like the what are they doing behind the scenes? They're so good situationally, (laughs) defensively. They are so damn good situationally and I I don't know if that's a hallmark of a Tony White defense or if that's just sort of like the the combination of you know his coaching and then maybe the veterans that that he inherited but it's on it is uncanny right now
4: yeah I, I think there's you know maybe there's a few things where you just end up in the in the right call you know at the right time if, if you're Michigan you end up in that a lot but Nebraska isn't Michigan <laughs> Um, but I think I think that sort of stuff is kind of uh, an ethos and an attitude more than anything, and and we'll see you know where Nebraska's season ends up. But right now, um, my working theory is the season really flipped for Nebraska on that goal line stand against Illinois. Um, yeah. You could kind of mark that, and I haven't done it yet. But like, look at the stats after that. You know, I think that's why where. And we know from the videos that Nebraska puts out that rule basically told them something like that was going to happen. And then it happens right away on the first drive and you get the stop. And in that game, they had to keep going out and do that, doing that, you know, getting those stops. Like it just kind of seemed like one of those potential moments where the defense is like, okay, this is us now. Like we can do this. Like this is a little bit of our identity um, is no matter what happens, we're going to, to go go out there and, and, try our best and succeed more often than not of late at, at putting out the fire.
0: Brandon, we were talking yesterday on the show about this is kind of unprecedented stakes for a lot of the seniors on this team that they've never really had the opportunity to play for a postseason and now it's right in front of them. The question is, and we discussed this a little bit on Friday, is Matt Rule, yeah, that's the 1-0 and o philosophy every week, but – it's kind of hard not to think of, okay, if Nebraska takes care of business this week, you're, you're over that hump, right? So what do you do after that? How do you maximize what you have in front of you with a postseason? Because it's something you haven't had for seven seasons.
4: I I think, I think if they were to do that today, they, they get over the, they secure a, a a bull bid, essentially like, then you know and and rule is is very good about not even talking about getting to six because of a bowl you know i know he said like you guys only want one more i want more than that if you get that one more though if you get to that bowl game you get to six wins um then all of a sudden like it's kind of like let's let's really let it loose And, and that's what rules trying to get them to do each week. But. Even if, you know, everybody's toeing the company line on that, I think the mentality shift there has the potential to be pretty big. Um, because at that point, it's like, hey, guys, like, we don't have to – it's been the talk since all off season. It was like, oh, what's fair for this team? What's what, Like, just get to a bowl. That'd be a good start. Like, okay, well, achievement unlocked. What else can you do still this season? And you look at those three remaining games after after this week and like this week, they all have the potential um, – probably will be close, tough games, but none of them is a game that Nebraska just can't win.
3: Brandon, last thought here before we get you out, and I really appreciate your time here on a Saturday Brandon, you morning you were, pregame uh... edition. Oh, excuse me, Mark. I, I just want to get Brandon's take if he has any pregame predictions. Oh, for okay. A little delay, you be. go
2: ahead, sir. You go ahead.
4: Pregame predictions? I, I, think, I think Nebraska um, – comes out and does does enough. Like it's going to be a, another game where you get to halftime, you know, last week, first quarter was scoreless. Um, but I, but I do think this is one where we Nebraska, just with the momentum it has compared to Michigan state, there's a pretty big gulf there. Um, so it may not, may not be the easiest uh, of, of wins, but I, I do have the Huskers, I think by, But probably about a touchdown, 21-14, 24-17, somewhere in that range.
1: Bogues, tell us about Counter-Read and uh, what you and Aaron have been working on and how folks can get in touch and uh, get subscribed.
4: Yeah, you can find us at at counterread.com. We are on Substack. Uh, It's been been going great uh, over there. You can subscribe the... Basic pitch is to two good stories a week for for paid subscribers we do occasional you know free posts and uh, other things along the way so you can hop over to counterread.com and check that out you can subscribe for free um, before joining us paid you can remain a free subscriber if you just want the free things it's all it's all cool cool on our end so uh, if you haven't checked it out yet please do
1: we you know Crane we need to, to to keep Vogel here for two more seconds. Husker volleyball at Penn State last night, man.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And real quick, Brandon, just to cover off on, on your red zone uh, uh, thing about the game, the, the season may be turning against Illinois. So, in the red zone, first five games, Nebraska allowed 100% conversion inside the red zone. 100%. Every time somebody got in there, they got a field goal or a touchdown through the first five games. Starting at Illinois, Nebraska's allowed just 6 trips to the red zone, 0 touchdowns. 0. So, you're pretty spot on there, but uh Chris alluding to the uh, game against Penn State last night uh on in volleyball and you know Nebraska's now played a couple of couple of five uh five set matches Wisconsin and then on the road to Penn State hostile environment last night. What what was maybe one of your bigger takeaways Brandon mine continues to be that it's probably the most talented offensive team that Nebraska has had. Um, I, maybe that I've seen, honestly. I think you have to go back a ways. You have to go back to, like, Jordan Larson and maybe Fecky. But it feels like those teams had that person, right? Like, just that one superstar. But between Beeson, Murray, Becca Alex handling business in the middle, Bergen Riley's doing those quick sets in the middle – they just seem so versatile offensively that I, man, that it, it's cool. It's cool when it's paired with the defense that they continue to have.
4: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the, the big difference this season is you have somebody and it's, it's been different people at different points, but you have somebody like a Beeson who, Oh, okay. All of a sudden you're down two sets to nothing on the road at Penn state. Um, uh, program that nebraska has a lot of history with but is kind of has owned that series of of late um you know this this wasn't wisconsin on the road i mean penn state's very good but it was a bit surprising to see nebraska after two sets where it was at difference this year is they they have players where it can be like hey go go win us this match um so it's it's been it's been encouraging i thought it was good for nebraska to get tested this way um so we'll see the undefeated season continues.
1: Yeah, Vogues, cool. thank you for an extended sit down this morning. Uh, get your uh, your your eye black on and uh, your your vittles ready for some uh, college football Saturday.
4: Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: There he is, Brandon. Brandon Vogel, with us. Hey, you, you take over to it, right? com. What, oh, what's sorry. the number? I was going to say, what's 34? 34. The 34.
2: It, this feels like it's going to be, uh, if, if there is a chance for a, and this is relatively speaking, if there's a chance for a high scoring game to get into the 40s, I mean, when you're talking about Nebraska, this is the one.
1: Could and happen. The, Would you want... take those overs? No. I don't know. No. The, the <laughs> Iron <laughs> Horse. No,
5: it. no. Don't Iron Horse. Gary, Gary Sharp Gary, has joined us. You know, I got a bone
2: to pick with Gary. All I got right. a bone to pick with Gary. Give it to a, me. I I I last week correctly was like, hey man, Harburg struggles. You're gonna bring Sims in. Gary's like, no, 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 Sims, no Sims, no Sims. They bring in Sims and he blows it. That worked well. No, it didn't, but I said I thought it would happen. Um, so hear me out on this. <laughs> hear me out on this.
0: The bottom line the Sims, it did happen.
2: Right? Sims to linebacker. Discuss. Move Sims. Remember Cody Glenn? He can call Cody Glenn, right? Different position, obviously. He was a running back. But I'm just saying, Sims is a very big, athletic, strong dude that is physical. He is also a guy that cannot hold on to the football. So what you do is you put him at a position to where he does not have to do anything with the football he
0: gets to be the one who separates ball from ball
5: carrier in that case exactly exactly here here's what I got for you on Jeff Sims Georgia State there's where he can move to Hmm. should he (laughs) follow McCaffrey to Rice right now Um, uh, the 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 thing like today you know what's kind of interesting about today is you you can't have your head coach talk about how beat up his quarterback is and then run him 19 times a game, uh, like may happen again today. I mean, there is there is out there that man Harburg does take a beating. Now, give credit to him; he gets right back up. Um, but I don't know. It, number ten is your guy for the rest of the way. I think I feel bad for Jeff Sims because it just it's not happening. And you know, linebacker. Yeah, I I, I I think it's it's probably better. And I was Georgia, Georgia, yeah. Georgia State. Yeah, I, I, I think I think here's somebody who uh, I, I believe is on track to graduate in the spring. That probably somewhere else is for him, because you know Nebraska's got to get that spot figured out for next year, but they have the spot figured out for what is the formula for 23. I mean, this is a topic we've gone over and over with. It's amazing that they're five and three. They've had all these injuries or defections on offense, and a quarterback who. You know, there might be some historic low numbers and they're five and three. So I don't think they upset anything and they just move forward. But I'll be curious to see today. It's so tempting. You guys have been talking about this. It's so tempting to throw the ball today because of what Michigan State doesn't do well. Um, That just isn't Nebraska's strength. So what do they do early? they take some deep shots or do they say, you know what, we're going to commit to the ground game and we're going to have ball control and chew up the clock kind of like Minnesota did. Minnesota had the ball for 20. Of the thirty minutes last Saturday in Minneapolis in that first half. Listen real quick. Yeah. Name name the bona fide good
2: passing quarterbacks at Nebraska <laughs> since two thousand. Let's go. Let's go two thousand three when. Um. Let's go two thousand four since Callahan arrived. You got two. Taylor got and James. That's it right and, well, and if you look at pro- mark it's a problem of having an athlete play quarterback yeah well i know but i'm just saying it's also a problem of attracting and getting a guy that has good enough chops good enough leadership capabilities good enough all of that like the, the intangibles for gans and, and taylor were off the charts right excellent leaders you know workhorses really smart and they knew they knew the offensive plays inside and out they you know, I mean, look at him. Zach <laughs> like Taylor's yeah. a, he's a head coach of an NFL team right now. And then you got, you know, Joe Gans, who's uh, making his way around the coaching circles. I mean, really brilliant, brilliant guys when it comes to quarterback. I, listen, Nebraska doesn't attract those guys ever. I, I'm just saying, I know everybody thinks that Harburg is like, he's just a short term and he's going to get replaced by the next Gans or, or Zach Taylor. But I he just I don't know, man. I, You better come correct because Harburg's got the team, right? Harburg, he's kind of he's a little bit
5: of their identity right now. He really is. He is, but that identity will get you to five and seven next year when you're throwing for fifty-two percent. I, I'm, I'm, I'm personally, I'm over the the Harburg thing because he's the guy, and you find a way week to week for Nebraska to to win. You know, just do, just do enough. The only the the knock on him, the biggest knock on him is. Got to hold on to the football. I mean, if Nebraska loses a football game where it's Harburg and he can't hold on to the football, not his decision-making, but his ball handling, watch out. I wouldn't want to be hosting a post-game show if that's the case. But he's the least worst option in that regard right now. (laughs) Honestly, he's your only guy quarterback. He's your only guy quarterback. Purdy, I think we're down the path. I don't know if Purdy's ever going to play here. I mean, Purdy might need need me, you, uh, Elijah, Connor, and Schmidtie to get hurt for Purdy to play. Yeah, but I'm
2: just saying, good luck. So whoever it is that they bring in, right? And they're going to bring in somebody. You'll get somebody in the transfer you portal. Your, you yo, your program to bring in somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you'll bring in somebody from the transfer portal. Um, but Harburg, with a year under his belt, having mm-hmm. sniffed playing time, having understood that, having bonded with the team and all that, I'm just saying... You have to beat him out. You'll have legitimate depth in the quarterback position. Easy guy. He's he's not going to be an easy guy to beat out, no matter what.
5: Cool. I I I don't I don't know that that offense is that offense is pretty limited. Uh, He would have to make a big jump in development, and I'm not saying he won't. And a younger quarterback brought in through the portal, probably you maybe have two quarterbacks that are in the mix. I don't know. Uh, This is a team that. They are overcoming a lot of flaws, and it's pretty damn impressive, mm-hmm. considering what they have available to them right now on one side of the ball. Gary Sharp with us, the
1: Iron Horse, Hale Varsity Weekend. We're here at East Lansing. It's a little bit damp right now. I'm trying to – I don't see any rain right now, but gray and cloudy, and uh, it's still – we can go play touch football, Sharpie, if you want, in the, uh, the tailgate parking lot right. to my right.
5: I'm just curious of of have have you guys broken down Elijah's room and his look right now?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> no, the people he, in the street. He looks like have, a villain uh, from the from the from a uh, Bond film right now. That's not a turtle to hood it's up. A <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh no. He's also oh gonna, no. He's also he's also kind of this will date us a
2: little bit, but you know, the Vidal Sassoon look a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. If you don't look good, we don't look good. He
1: needs a no, model. He's a a more I was thinking more of the Ron Jeremy look, but you know. Yeah, and for and for, and for folks that are, for folks that are are just listening,
2: uh, as opposed to watching, even though we're digital only right now. Elijah is just wearing sort of all black. He's got the greasy stash. Uh, he's in a dimly lit room, nondescript background. Kind of looks hostagey. Um, kind of looks Vidal Sassoony.
1: Um, it's it's weird. It's I went I went che- I went cheap on the hotel last night. And that is my fault.
3: I am slightly concerned here because Schmidt <laughs> Sh- and I were in the same hotel room last night. Um, he checked out on his way to Michigan State Stadium, which means I think I'm technically squatting in this room. No, right you're, now. They did not
1: check me out. They said, as long as you still got someone in your room, I can't check you out. So so do I need to check out on the way out? Of no, here? You're good. OK, I was going <laughs> to say, it's been a while
3: since anyone checked you out, Schmidt. So. Did you put the do not
2: disturb on the door on the way out? I did. I, I, I did. I was gonna say, Elijah, put on pants, man, because you
1: never know <laughs> <It's some aggressive laughs> cleaning folks. We don't we don't yeah. want a FedEx Mike Leach incident. Um No. We don't need this. Sharpie, yeah, uh, let's 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 get a thought or two from you on on today. We we hit quarterback here, but uh, <laughs> do you think it's uh, yeah. Sand Hill Quest says it's Dirk <laughs> Diggler-esque. Okay. Uh, is that Italian? Um, yeah. Uh, back to football. Great so, name. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. Nebraska uh, trust. We, we've kind of hit on the, the topic of trust right now for this Nebraska football team. And I think you're um, the the old Shano meter that you, you saw every day at Wrigley when uh, Harry took the yeah. mic. Um Percentage right now is what? What is Nebraska's batting average, i.e., the trustometer instead of the shot-o-meter for you right now? Do you think? Yep, defense and special teams will continue to get it done, or man, you better have some more progression from the offense uh, because it's it's a lot to ask, even with what's on Nebraska's schedule to keep being damn near perfect for this defense.
5: No, I think the trust is good. I I, I think you will find out. You got a head coach who doesn't talk outcomes which is pretty important. I mean, he, Rule has figured out the formula for the 23 group, so they don't talk outcomes, but I would expect this team today to treat this game like the biggest game of the season. Now, you're getting to that magical six, and you still have three more opportunities if for somehow Michigan State rises up on their senior day today and snaps their losing streak, but I expect Nebraska to come out and play with a lot of, of grit and a lot of energy. Um, I think this is a big game for Nebraska, and I think you're going to see some of the older guys who haven't gotten to experience this, you're going to see them come out and play really, really well. I mean, Nebraska likes winning. I mean, you can tell that with players, man. They like this feeling. It's like when we all took that first taste of a beer and it was on your lips and you're like, ooh, ooh, wait a minute. That tastes pretty good once it goes down (laughs) the hatchet. So I think Nebraska Nebraska has moved forward like this. And I I I like how I feel. I I told (laughs) you guys this last week. Rule has coached them hard, man. They are, we now hit November, and there's a lot of things that are in front of them. He has he has turned it up in making sure that they are on point. We, we all thought, man, that defense played pretty well against Purdue. Rule said, not so fast. They didn't play as well as you think. Purdue could have had some big plays in the passing game. They could have done this and this, and all of a sudden those numbers wouldn't have looked so good. So guys on defense are like, Whoa. And then they're like, oh, you're right, coach. We got to play better this week. So rules, rules got a good handle on this team. And that's why I think there won't be like a letdown today or a letup. You're going to have to create your own energy and get going early. But I have a, I have a big trust in Nebraska playing against teams that are comparable talent and in their neighborhood, Nebraska has made a significant step this year because they're beating them. And in the past, you couldn't say that.
0: Gary, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, but, Obviously, there's been some big games, you know, in the Frost era and, and whatever. But w- this is the biggest game stakes-wise since when, in your opinion?
5: Ooh, well, there were a couple during the Frost era. I mean, you could go back to two years ago when Connor Stallions was on the sidelines at Memorial Stadium <laughs> when Nebraska played Michigan. I mean, that was that was a significant game. It was. I, I, I just, you know, it's 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 it's. it's we, we kind of took for granted all of us growing up with Nebraska football, some of us a little bit older than others on this panel is you just, you were going to be in Phoenix, Tempe or Miami at the end of the year. And for seven years, Nebraska hasn't been there. That's crazy to think that Nebraska hasn't been a bowl game in seven years. And today they have a chance to accomplish that or whatever is their next victory. I mean, I don't think you overlook that. Even if I, and I said six and six before the year, which meant a bowl game. I don't think you can overlook how significant getting to a bowl game this year with everything that has fallen in front of Nebraska, whether it be their own roster or the rest Mm -hmm. of the Big Ten West kind of coming back to them, Nebraska's taken advantage of their opportunities. And, you know, getting to six, getting to a bowl game is huge for this program. and, And that's why the reaction, if they win today, will be very curious if people are like, how they celebrate it, because I think you should celebrate it, even though people will like, oh, you're Nebraska, you won six games, everybody goes to a bull. Dude, it hasn't happened around here in a while. It's a big deal Gary, today.
3: Gary, what's the sign you're watching for early in this game? I'm talking first quarter that Nebraska is going to get to six, that they came to play, that Matt Rule got them fired up with the pregame
5: speech. What's an early sign that you're going to be watching for that today is going to be the day? Uh, in a game that has two teams that are turnover fest, they all working in the bakery, Nebraska holds onto the ball, and they control the clock. Here, here's, here's, here's the thing. You know, Nebraska has kind of struggled the last four games out of the gate, whether turning the ball over or giving up a big drive. And they've been outscored 20 to 13 in the first quarter. Here's the scenario today. Keep your head above water in the first quarter, lay a foundation, control the clock, run the ball, run it with success. Michigan State's a little bit above average in stopping the run, and then set yourself up for the fourth quarter. Guys, in the fourth quarter this year, Michigan State's been outscored eighty-two to thirty-four. In Big Ten games, they've been outscored fifty-eight to six. So Uber. there's an opportunity early to win the game, and then Uber. there's an opportunity late to put the game away. And if that's the scenario, Elijah, especially early, where Nebraska is not turning the ball over, they're controlling the clock, they've got some rhythm on offense, then I like Nebraska's chances when they get to that coveted fourth quarter.
1: Gary Sharps with us, the iron horse Gary Hail Sharp Sharp with this weekend. Go ahead, Greenack.
2: No, 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 no. You go ahead, sir. We're just dealing with the delay. I have the advantage big here. Delay.
1: I don't. I don't want to take advantage of you. Yeah. Well, interest. I will sign to you, like we're on third base. That nobody's uh, doing. This, hey, is, hey, Mark! I just stole that sign. Yeah. It's not what. I know you what he's think. doing? It's it's, <laughs> it's take In a pitch care, right here. It's take a pitch. Yeah. Uh, Gary, I want to. I want to go to. Uh, to Michigan and get your take on the, you're already the there. Smitty.
3: You don't have to go to Michigan. Well, you're I already know. there.
1: Uh, yes. But I'm saying with, with the, with the Wolverines, the big 10, the coaches, the ADs, the Michigan president and, and the commissioner chatting. And yep. Harbaugh is still on the sideline tonight. Do you think anything happens
5: next week? Uh, maybe a suspension, but fine suspension, probably I, both. I, well, I mean, who does it? Is it the Big Ten? I mean, it's a, it's, there, it's a, you're, a, you're walking an interesting path if you're the commissioner. Everybody wants you to do something. But are, what's the right solution here? Is it an automatic suspension? But then when he's done with the suspense, suspension, Michigan's okay? Um, I, I, I don't know. The, the upcoming week will be very interesting because you not only have the ADs and coaches that are very outspoken, Guys, what Ryan Walters did, hello. I mean, that's they're playing them tonight. He not only just, you know, kind of subtly like Rule did, talked about it, Ryan Walters went all in on what he knows Michigan did, and they have evidence. If a coach in your own league does that, man, I think that the clock is ticking. But Petiti's got to be good about this because you know they're gonna get they're gonna get a backlash from Michigan. Um, I just find it real curious, quick on this, ESPN has gone all in on reporting this, all of the facts, uh, uncovering this wild menace that is Connor Stallions. Isn't it interesting that the Fox people you had, who's doing the game today, Tim Brando on yesterday, Schmidty and Elijah, Joe Klatt, Urban Meyer, they've been a little bit more cautious on, hey, take your time on Michigan, you know, I don't, you don't want to appease everybody. ESPN has no connection to the Big Ten, Fox does. Just, just a oh. curious observation. <laughs> yeah. The only guy, the only yeah. guy on ESPN that yeah. is saying, "Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, layoff Michigan." What do you think? No. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 And and it's curious too. With Desmond. Gary, is there
2: something to? Oh man, we got to get our signals going. You know, maybe maybe we can do textual stuff, Chris. I don't. I don't know. We got to get our okay. I'm getting pointed at. It is my turn, and there goes Chris. He left. He left the screen. <laughs> He's going to come back shortly. Here we go. Uh, here he is. Okay, uh, Gary. Is there something to? Is there something to the fact that, or, or do you read into this? N- Nebraska offensively recently has been almost entirely dependent on Nebraska or Nebraska area guys. You think about the guys that have scored, for the most part. You got Jalen Lloyd, freshman kid from West Side. Malachi Coleman, freshman kid from Lincoln East. Harburg, obviously quarterback. You know, um, Thomas Fedoni, Lewis Central. Is there something to that? Is, does Nebraska's formula should it include locals that you know may, maybe kind of give you that intangible advantage? Um, that maybe you don't get if you're just doing nothing but imports?
5: Um, I don't know. I, I I will say a subtle thing, and this is being a guy that lives in Omaha, I'm glad that Omaha kids are coming through because we, we haven't had Omaha kids go to Lincoln and hit a home run consistently, and I think the Omaha bit. kids are doing really, really well this year. I don't know. I, I, I think that might be thrown out the window, Mark, in this discussion about this staff because they're kind of hitting on a lot of different players in terms of development. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's nice that there's Nebraska kids that are coming through, and they have done a great job on both sides of the ball, and, and that brings a lot of pride to all of us. I just think it's it's one of those things where this staff is elevating guys. You know, they're, they're putting guys in right position to be successful, and they're pushing the right button, and they're getting them ready to play. You know, so when it's their time to go, when it's, uh, you know, Jalen Lloyd, who – Got to play in the first game. We all thought, hey, are we going to see that Jalen Lloyd uh, end around? And we don't see it for a while. And he doesn't play much. And then when he pops back up, he's playing pretty well. I just think they've done a good job of preparing guys and keeping guys ready. You know, look at defensively. One of, one of the wildest stats, and this is a bonus to Nebraska, there are 23 different guys that have a tackle for loss. 23! That's insane! You know, almost – I mean, look at what – they played, what, 36, 37 guys on a regular basis, and and more than half of them have a tackle for loss? That's crazy. I just think it's across the board. They have – they've squeezed a lot out of this roster um, in terms to get guys to play at the level they should be playing or above. I I said this on my show earlier this week. I think there's very few guys this year that you could go through the roster and go, yeah, they've kind of taken a step back this year. Some guys might be the same they mm-hmm. were last year, but there are very few guys that you could go, yeah, they're not, they're not playing like they were last year. There's maybe a Corcoran mm-hmm. and a Grant. But other than that, I mean, mm-hmm. find me some other guys. Sharpie, mm-hmm. as we wind it
1: down, a couple of predictions here. I'd love to lay out with how this gets done with, with uh, Nebraska. What, what's going on? What's Nothing, funny? nothing. Keep talking.
2: You said wind down, and he did the shoulder circles. Mm-hmm. It was a well-placed well yes. uh, acting yeah. there. It was good. <laughs> the timing was good. But it's delayed, so it threw you off.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. I, I've tried to, to fix it. I am plugged into a hard wire. Forgive me. And, uh, yeah, so uh, look, we started the, the show off and kind of piggybacked off of Elijah last post game. Saturday where, you I just damn near ready for another hour as he yawns. Um, I need more coffee. They, they only have these little cups here at the hotel. And I was on small cups of coffee. Uh huh. But has this season so far been fun? I mean, there's been a lot of years where. And listen, we all love our jobs, so we're not whining about it. But there's been some better years than others to cover Nebraska football. And some could argue it's been a tough 15 years or at least. 8 huh. or 9 years yeah. right to cover Nebraska football uh yet you, you have some uh, optimism you have some success you have uh motivation in coach rule you've touched on the development and the the, the TFLs as case in point but has it been more of a fun year to cover this, this this moment, we circled this game as not only a, a pivot point and a coin flip, but it could have been something big as we looked at the schedule. said, we got to be in East Lansing. Yeah. Why the hell are you going to East Lansing? Well, there's an opportunity for Nebraska to get six at this point in the year. We got lucky and we're right. We'll see if Nebraska gets to six today. But from a fun standpoint, has this been pretty entertaining and
5: enjoyable for you as you look back at, at checking in on this team every day? Absolutely. I think it starts with the coach who has a message, and he delivers the message well. Um, and so he's been he's been a breath of fresh air to cover. And I think it's been fun because it's unexpected. Again, even if you said Nebraska is going to be six and six, think about all of the trials and tribulations they've had this season, and they are on the cusp of going to a bowl. And so I think you have the most fun covering a team or rooting for a team when things are unexpected, and them to be five and three with winners of 5 of 6, especially after starting 0 and 2. Yeah, I think that's fun. Also, guys, it's it's pretty easy whether you cover or root for a team. When the guys on the field openly show they're having fun, Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty easy if you're sitting in the stands or you're sitting behind a computer to go, yeah, this year is fun. And I don't think we can – again, we can't take for granted what may happen today because – I mean, seven years they haven't been to a bowl game. They have some chance to do something today that is just wild, and do it and do it before they play Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa, and we sit here and we're going to scoreboard watch and go. Boy, if Illinois continues their streak with Beliveau <laughs> beating Minnesota teams, and Nebraska takes care of business today, you got three weeks to go, and Nebraska is firmly in the mix to win the West. Hello. I mean, if that Man. happens, if that happens. Matt Rule, regardless of what Day or Harbaugh does, Matt Rule is your coach of the year in the Big Ten. Absolutely agree. Well, something tells
3: me that can, Harbaugh can has, we... has done something this year to take himself out of the coach of the year. <laughs> next year. I, I'm not sure we should throw his name in there.
2: <laughs> can, can, can we? Okay, screenplay It the seems left. likely that the Big the, the the Big Ten West is probably if you were to if you were to. Not good. On. Big Ten West is probably gonna end up with a bunch of seven and five teams at the top. Probably. Yeah. Eight and four, seven and five. Doesn't look likely that you're gonna get a nine and three. I don't know that you're gonna get a five and seven out of that kind of four the that group of four that's that's battling for it right now. If that's the case, and you look at the Big Ten bowl selection order, right? And if you consider that Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Get New Year six and or playoffs. I mean, there's a chance that Nebraska is going to the damn Citrus Bowl if they handle business down the road here, right? Because if you have those four teams—Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska—and they're all kind of similar records, and you're a you're a you're a bowl organizer, and you literally just get to pick—it's not based on record. Who the hell are you taking? Right? Like Nebraska? Yeah. I don't. I don't see Nebraska falling to Detroit. Or maybe even to Vegas. I mean, it, Florida or Arizona. If so, Nebraska picks up two more wins, seems
5: pretty likely. See, I'll give you. I'll give you a quick insight here. You're right. If Nebraska wins the West, they're going to the Sunshine State. But there yeah. is a very much a mutual interest between Nebraska, the higher ups at Nebraska, and the Vegas Bowl, because it falls in mm-hmm. line with you'd get that game out of the way before Christmas. It's Vegas. There are direct flights from Grand Island, Lincoln, Omaha. And, I mean, regardless of where Nebraska goes for a bowl game, there's going to be a ton of fans that will go. But I think the preference is the Vegas Bowl. Vegas, Phoenix are the only two that I heard throughout the week from people at Nebraska about where their interest would be and where there is a mutual interest. One is the day after Christmas. The other in Vegas is the 23rd against a team from the Pac-12 the guaranteed rate is against the Big 12. Can you imagine Nebraska, Iowa State, and Phoenix on the 26th of December? Oh, oh my geez. gosh. There's going to be so many dead bush lights.
3: Um,
5: there's going to be a big old party at Joe Mama's, too. Uh, yeah. You're all invited.
1: Whoa,
2: oh, That's great. Whoa.
5: Phoenix
1: would be great. All
2: of a
5: sudden, Schmitty's – we got offense at, at mom's house.
0: <laughs> Look, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm ready to, to say – Citrus Bowl just yet. I'm still kind of in that oil change tire rotation bowl up in Detroit. But
3: <laughs> no, I mean, that, that, but you can't they, they pick like six.
2: That ain't happening. So getting, you like guys,
3: okay, okay. Let's let's be clear. You guys are talking citrus bowl. You guys are talking oil change bowl. I'm talking Rose Bowl, baby. If they win the My West, they win the whole My bleeping God. thing. This, oh, is a good, this is a good You are the track. problem. I thought you were going to go. <laughs> I thought
2: you
1: were going to go one game at a time on us, but instead we, you we were we were school. gonna okay. That's the collection plate to get you uh, <laughs> and your <laughs> ransom paid off, Elijah. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna go spend it now. We're
5: just, yeah, we're just gonna I go hear just gonna beautiful,
1: beautiful, the first of January. It'll yeah, okay. be better. It'll be Nebraska's better in the going fall to next Los year. Angeles next November.
2: They don't need to go now.
3: Yeah. That's true.
2: Oh, by the way, Coliseum, man. Have you guys been there?
5: Have you all been no. to, uh, to USC
2: Stadium? Yes. Did you go in 06?
5: Well, it's, it looks takes about what I I will tell you real quick before you finish, Mark. Um, it looks almost completely different. Was there not too long ago. What about the surroundings? Um, the surroundings actually, they built, uh, they've, they've moved the, uh, homeless encampments a little bit further away. And they have, they have a little bit more of a city and entertainment area outside of the main entrance where the, um, um, the torch is. What about the traffic leading there?
2: Uh, they haven't done anything with that. Okay. Yeah. It took about two and a half hours to get two and a half miles um, in 06, anyways. Well
5: it's, uh, it's, it's the same I like if you're trying to go from one side of Lincoln to the other during rush hour. I, it's similar. Well it's gentlemen, similar. you're better off things, walking.
3: After my roadie yesterday, it's only twenty-three hours from Lincoln to Pasadena. So <laughs> I don't know, Hale Varsity
1: Radio Road trip next November. And beautiful, by the way, that would be. We we'll cool. get a we we'll get, kind of we'll get a sprinter we get a sprinter van, and we'll stop in Vegas, fellas. Uh, appreciate y'all. This was great. Big thanks to. Hey, we, we're not Hammond. on a hard clock here. What are we doing? What are we I doing? am. Big I need thanks. to get to the
3: stadium. I'm still. Like 20 yeah, they are, away. they are
1: they are booting me out of the booth here. Uh, big oh, thanks. That's too bad big, for you guys. He made big that Big thanks. Up. No, I, I did not. Quiet, Sharpie. <laughs> Big thanks to Sauter Heyman and Lazares. We love you. And thanks for helping power this roadshow, Cornhead Lager, of course. And a real red reaction follows right here from Spartan Stadium. Elijah will be out of uh, his uh, corner room and uh, here with me. Sharpie, appreciate you, brother. Have a good Saturday and we'll catch up next week. Okay. Thanks, guys. The November to remember. How nice That's is right. That? It is good. All right. Smitty, have broken there the we... zip ties. I'll be there soon. All right. Way to do it. Goddard, enjoy your Saturday. Thanks for uh, waking up this morning and making it happen.
0: Will do. Will do. You guys enjoy it up there, and uh, hopefully you uh, bring some, some good juju back. I hope your incorrect streak actually stays alive this week, so that's what I hope.
1: Uh, uh, Nebraska has just arrived on the field. Big Red's walking out of the tunnel, and they are making their way to midfield. Kranak, be good. Get some chili going. And uh, maybe we'll uh, reconvene here for yeah, uh, for, for, for Wisconsin. How's that sound? Another road
2: show. I mean, yeah, let's do that. And Dion and Raj in the comments need to get along a little better. They're yeah. fighting in our stream comments, and they need to stop. All stick together. All kinds of weather, right? That's, uh-huh.
1: that's the Weather's Mexico. about 43 42. degrees, 42. cloudy, and no wind. So it's a good day for football. Here <laughs> at East Lansing, we'll uh, check in afterwards yeah. on Real Red Reaction. That'll be live on KFOR, KFORnow.com. can stream it. And always the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Facebook and Twitter with KFOR.